0: Hello and welcome to the Lockdown on Flyers podcast for Friday, December twenty seventh. Daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, high quality content that is ready for some games. Seeing the boys. It was a nice little break, but I'm happy they're
1: coming back. Absolutely.
0: For your hosts, I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Flyers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you automatically get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about the Flyers' upcoming games. We're going to preview Saturday night's game against the Sharks and then Sunday night's game against the Ducks. we will wrap up like every Friday with our gritty thing of the week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. Tweet us your questions for our weekly mailbag, or just let us know how you think the Flyers are doing. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, tweet us your questions for our weekly mailbag, or just let us know how the Flyers are doing. If you don't have Twitter, that's fine. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So let's get into Saturday night's game against the Sharks.
1: Are we excited for some more Flyers after dark as they go out west?
0: We, it, we are definitely thinking about it, thinking about getting excited. So before we uh, preview the teams, we just have to let you know we're recording this on Thursday. So both the Sharks and the Ducks play tonight. So some of the, the stats that we have will be a little bit skewed based on the outcome of tonight's game for them. Some points and stats may change before they play the Flyers on Saturday and Sunday. So let's get into... Saturday night game. This is going to be the first of two matchups between these two teams. The Sharks are 16-20 and two, which is good enough for a seventh in the Pacific Division. Most recently, they are 1-8 and one in their last 10. So, Sharks have not been doing good lately.
1: <laughs> they have not, and they are a rare team, I think, to not have success following a coaching change.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of that coaching change, earlier this month, December 11th, Pete Pete was fired for purely hockey decisions. In my opinion, it was pretty much their goaltending save percentage. But in the meantime, interim head coach Abner, has been coaching the team and things don't seem to be getting better.
1: They do not.
0: Uh, looking at their special teams, the Sharks are 27th in the league on the power play. Behind the Flyers who are 15th and oh, they are first in the NHL mm-hmm. on the penalty kill ahead of mm-hmm. the Flyers who are eighth. So not too bad on the penalty kill, surprisingly. And when the Flyers face them, they will be on the back half of a back to back and the Kings of the night before. So Rachel, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: I honestly think this game is going to depend heavily on how they do against the Kings the night before, because King Sharks is a pretty big rivalry. And while the Kings are not great this year either, I feel like those games tend to get a little heated and have a little bit more to them. And so if the Sharks come out of it having won, I think that they will be ready to, to play a lot stronger versus the Flyers. And so I I do think this is a momentum thing for them. And I also think that given that this is the first game for the Flyers back from the break, as opposed to the Sharks having a game under their belts to kind of get the rust off, that will probably help them to some degree.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree on both points that you said. An emotional night, the game before or the emotional game the night before definitely contribute to this team that the Flyers face on Saturday. And the fact that they have got their legs under them by having already played a game um, and the Flyers are rested, just coming back, flying to the West coast. It definitely doesn't necessarily sit in their, in the Flyers' favor, but this can definitely be just another obstacle that we that's put in front of the Flyers that they can overcome, which is kind of like a theme that we've seen throughout the season. So far, touched on it earlier about the the Sharks goaltending. It's not great. Uh, currently, Martin Jones is 12-14 and one with an 8.88 save percentage, and their backup Aaron Dell isn't doing much better. He is 4-6 and one, the 8.98 save percentage. Um, not good.
1: No, and I think it's been obviously, Martin Jones, that's been the big disappointment from them over this season and, like you said, was a big factor in the coaching change.
0: I agree. But I think even with the stuff stacked against uh, San Jose, there are some forwards that could turn it on at any moment to give the Flyers some fits. Um, Thomas Hurdle has four goals in his last six games, or four goals in his last five games with six points. And Couture has 33 points in 38 games, had the only goal versus Vegas the last game they uh, had before break, which they lost 3-1. Looking on their defense, obviously you can never count out Carlson, um, who has 27 points in 37 games, and Burns, who has 25 points in 38 games. Sunday against Vegas, um, Kevin Kurtz uh, at the Athletic, uh, looked at all of some of the key players and key depth players uh, for San Jose and just looked at production in the past couple of games. So Patrick Marlowe, zero points in 10 games. Barkley Gaudreau, zero goals in the last 15 games. Kevin LeBlanc, which this very this surprised me, uh, one goal in his last 15 games. You have Joe Thornton, two assists in his last seven games, zero goals on the season. Timo Myers two goals in his last seventeen games. Erik Carlson zero goals in his last twelve games, and Brent Burns only one goal and one assist in his last seventeen games.
1: Yeah, so it really isn't just the goaltending here; it's that their top guys just aren't producing.
0: Definitely, the offense has dried up. Just not great at all. I, I definitely think that you know can't all be blamed on goaltending, but for me, I think. I love this saying where it's like you see a look at a good coach and look at you'll see a like strong goaltending save percentage behind it. I don't think that the coaching change was the biggest thing that needed to happen this year for this team. But I think that was the easiest thing. And you put on the outline that you think that the GM might be in the hot seat.
1: Yeah, I do. Because usually when there is a roster constructed like this, that should in theory, be doing really well and isn't. They're not producing offensively. The goaltending isn't producing. A coaching change isn't changing that in any meaningful way so far. And obviously, I think that they'll ride out the season. But after this season, if the Sharks have not had some remarkable improvement for the second half... I really think that he could be on the way out.
0: Yeah, I I would be surprised if he's not on the hot seat um, just because of San Jose, their team, and their ownership seem like very proud. And I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things wrong. And I think the GM is kind of just kind of covering himself for this. I don't know. When I look at their offseason, yeah, they didn't address goaltending, but I thought they made some and moves like moving on for certain players. I mean, I don't really have that huge big of a like, I just hope the Flyers win, to be
1: honest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just see their situation to some extent as similar to the Flyers last season. And I know the okay. Sharks' core is a lot better, I think, overall than the Flyers was last season. But I feel like the circumstances are similar in the sense that you have a whole bunch of people who should be producing who aren't and that they made a coaching change and it's not working. And so I just feel like it's one of those things that's inevitable.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. And when you when you do see that there are a lot of similarities from last year and how horrible last year was I mean, granted, the flyers weren't, didn't just come off of a really good playoff success but yeah it just sucks because I guess when you're looking at it as a Sharks fan point of view I thought Boar was a good coach like I didn't think that he was as bad as, as Hack uh, he did a lot of good things for that team um, in his tenure there so there, coaches are always the first to go I mean you can you can fire a coach you can't fire a whole team
1: it's true and I you know I think that expectations there are high as well they should be and that they're just at this point where they have to do something big and maybe have a different philosophy going into it to get back to where they were
0: yeah kind of sucks for joe thornton out of everyone I i feel bad for him
1: me too i mean i i feel bad for a lot of these guys and- yeah you know, they're, they're doing their best, but it's just not happening right now.
0: Looking at this for Saturday night's game, you talked about things that you think that the Flyers need to do. Who do you think, or what do you think the outcome of Saturday's game will be?
1: Like I said, I think it will depend to some extent on how the Sharks are coming into this game from the night before. But I think the key for the Flyers will be to play as if the break never happened Mm -hmm. and have a really strong first period and second period. I mean, obviously a full 60 minute game, but they really Really have to just step on the gas and not let up from the beginning to make sure that they can take advantage of the situations that they can, especially knowing that despite how bad they're playing overall, the sharks do have that really good penalty kill. And so given that the Flyers have struggled on the power play a lot this season, that they may not be able to take advantage of those situations and they'll have to work harder at five on five in order to produce.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that the Flyers have been doing pretty well five on five. And I think that if they can jump back into it and continue that, that'll definitely lead to their success. And on the the power play, not to give up, the goals, just because that can really switch things into San Jose's favor very quickly. So hopefully we can see that happen on Saturday. Welcome back to Locked on the Flyers. We are going to jump into our review of the Flyers and the Ducks for Sunday's game. So like we all know this is the second and final matchup of the season between these two teams. The Ducks are 15, 18 and 4 is good enough for 6th in the Pacific Division. Their last 10 games are 4-6, and their last game was a loss. Um, we've seen some movement between the AHL team and the NHL team, and uh, Daniel Sprong was called up from the AHL because they've had some injuries. We won't see Ricard Raquel. He was injured. Um, however, Getzlaff and Silverberg had the flu, and so with this break, uh, we think that we will should probably see those two in the lineup. And we look at the Ducks' special teams. The Ducks are 28th in the league on the power play at um, 13%. And that's behind the Flyers, who are 15th. And they are 23rd in the league, in the penalty kill, uh, behind the Flyers, who are 8th. So we just saw this team, Rachel, but so how do
1: you think... I know. It was literally... Last week. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's so weird. This schedule is so weird, Danielle. It
0: really is. But, you know, I don't really like Ducks that much, so I'm not that mad to get this over with.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, they obviously started their four-game win streak leading into the break versus the Ducks. Yeah. So that is at least a good point to start off with, that we know this team is beatable, and unfortunately, we won't get the brothers playing again. At least I don't you think won't. so, because Kasha, our Kasha, got sent back down to the Phantoms. So it'll just be Andre on the Ducks all by himself. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of sad. But I do appreciate that in our last game against them, you know, we got goals from Giroud and from Voracek and from Koots, And so... If they can repeat that performance, I think we'll be in good shape.
0: Yeah, I liked what I saw last game uh, between these two teams uh, from the Flyers. And I think that, you know, we'll be at a little bit of a disadvantage playing the second half of a back-to-back. But I think that the Ducks are kind of the be- best team to play that second half of a back-to-back just because out of all the California teams, I just feel like maybe the Flyers can get a win off some you know, not playing a full 60 minutes
1: and I think that obviously the travel being shorter yeah makes it a little bit easier of a back-to-back that it's not that far away
0: very true very true sorry guys you still have to them, but it's a short flight it's like I mean it's yeah. probably less than an hour yeah so that's not too bad it could be worse Looking at this lineup, who is a difference maker? I would say Raquel, but he is out with an injury. So who do you think on this lineup that might be a pain for the Flyers?
1: I mean, it's hard to say. You know, I want to say Getzloff again, just because he does that. Uh, I had forgotten completely, I think, that Delzato was on the roster. And, you know, we're always good for having x flyers score inappropriate goals against us. But I did note that uh, Sam Steele might be a dark horse candidate for some offense against us. Yeah, I think, you know, he's been picking up his game, and he was the one that scored the last goal for them in their game right before the break. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that. For me, for the Ducks, I think Daniel Sprong, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he gets a jolt from being back in the NHL and with some of the injuries, he might be playing with that's laugh and take advantage, um, and, and score one against the Flyers.
1: Yeah, he could. If you know, it obviously it depends on the lineup, but yeah. Uh, but presuming he's in, you know, in for the game, he could definitely cause some havoc for us.
0: He has like a he has a really really good shot. Um, so when we look at goaltending, I think there's only really one goaltender we think will face on Sunday, and that's John Gibson. Throughout the season, he is 11, 14 and two with a nine oh seven save percentage. Uh, but last game, he stopped twenty seven of thirty shots uh, and had a nine hundred. Percentage. so still Gibson is a very good goalie I don't want to come off sounding like he's not he's a very very good goalie doesn't get a lot of help from the team in front of him I think he is beatable I think that was shown the against the last matchup between these two teams
1: it definitely was and he also got lit up by the Rangers pretty badly yeah so I think that if he's in the game, we should have some good opportunities. Yeah.
0: I mean, just that defense alone will give the Flyers some good opportunities to get good chances um, against Gibson. I mean, anything else on this matchup? Who do you think or how do you think the Flyers will fare?
1: You know, again, like I said, I hope the, the top line really capitalizes on some opportunities this game. But I also would love to see not Ivan Provorov score defensively for the Flyers. I mean, I, obviously, I would love a goal from Provy. But, I, you know, I think if some of our more depth defensemen could pick it up, especially on the power play, I think that would be really good. Let's get a ghost goal. You know, let's get a Justin Braun goal just for kicks. You know, I mean, hopefully with he, that, we have, <laughs> we have, I mean, it would be more likely or more fun against the Sharks for sure. Yeah. But, you yeah. know
0: Okay. <laughs> to do the Sharks a solid, he can get a goal against the Ducks. He won't hate either.
1: Exactly. One. Yeah, that's nice. Exactly.
0: I agree with that. I agree with all that. It would be nice to get some defensive scoring. We'll be back on Monday to recap both of these games. Welcome back once again to Locked on Flyers, your daily Flyers podcast on the Locked on Sports Network. It is time for our favorite segment of the week, time for the Gritty thing of the week. So we have a ton of things. Gritty was so visible this week. We truly were blessed. So some honorable mentions, Gritty and Pound. So this was on cbslocal.com, Rachel?
1: Yeah this was just a kind of a local news story. So we happened to catch it from the CBS affiliate, mm-hmm. but all of the Philadelphia sports mascots from all the different teams went about town doing some holiday good deeds. And so Gritty was a part of that. It was really quite fun. <laughs> uh,
0: he also, I think he listened to the podcast or I think Gritty listens to the podcast because we got more cake with was our gritty thing of last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean that was I laughed like it was the first time I've I've ever seen it.
1: I know. And again, to your very astute observation, gritty is so athletic that these cake throws are exactly on target. There's no awkward side of the face. No, it is exactly on target.
0: Like Gritty is truly, like, he's just amazing. So, I'm sorry, if you haven't seen this, Gritty, there's a Rangers fan blindfolded, and he's, like, opening a gift, and this is against the Flyers in the Rangers game, and Gritty just launches what looks like a birthday cake, I don't know, it's like that cheat cake kind of, and just launches a cake right at their face blindfolded. That was the best present he could have given them
1: it was but the best part of it was that he launched a cake at him while he was wearing the protective eyewear and then the guy is, is obviously sort of fake surprise i mean it's all a plant yeah. we know but it's still funny where he takes off the protective eyewear and then a second cake gets launched at him and it's just perfect
0: mm. I want to live in a world where we can just throw cake
1: at ranger's fans.
0: And gritty gives us that outlet to see what we want in the world. And I'm just thankful for it.
1: Yeah. And uh, Gritty looks so good in that Santa costume too.
0: Absolutely. Some more Gritty. Gritty was Gritty claws, And he gave out some really good gifts to the Flyers. I thought our gifts were good, but Gritty's probably were better.
1: Yeah, this was a whole series of videos. I think there were three of them over the course of Christmas Day. So it was just present after present after present. And I should mention the wallpaper photos of the players from the flyers were great too. Oh, but wow. I think a lot of oh, JBR. Anyway, the <laughs> um, gritty gifts though were so so on point. So we and we had mentioned the plunger last week and I think that was the teaser yeah for this whole series it was
0: what was your favorite gift
1: I mean I think the stuffed animal moose for moose <laughs> yeah. was adorable uh adorable I think that the interaction I think ghost was kind of the best oh yeah because because he was just like, oh, thanks, Gritty. You're the best. And it was just very cute and and loving between them. It
0: was I love the little bit of the backhanded compliments from Ghost to Gritty. Like he got um, Gritty got him like dog shed gloves or something to help his dog stop shedding. And he was like, do you have some of those? You should invest. Yeah. Like <laughs>
1: Ghost is so
0: funny. Um,
1: he really is. I think
0: my favorite had to be Carter Hearts like he he got a Whole Foods gift card it was like already spent and that's just perfect oh my
1: god yeah it had like a (laughs) dollar 82 left on it or something like
0: that yes and Carter's like pure joy like laughing like when he saw it he was like
1: oh my god it's already spent like
0: I just loved it so good
1: yeah I mean and of course you have to appreciate all of the framed photos of the Super Bowl victory oh, that yeah. Hayes was given because he's a Patriots fan, and <laughs> and was just... I was
0: like Hayes was so excited, he was so excited to open these gifts, and then he was like, "Oh, I don't like these." I don't like this. <laughs> he's
1: like, "At least, you know, at least this one's Tom Brady."
0: Oh my gosh, it was perfect, and then of course, Jarrell. A framed family photo with Gritty like in the background, and Claude's like, You were there? <laughs> just loved it. I lo- like if I could see Claude and Gritty interact every single day, I would. I- That's what I want. That's what I want to watch. I just love it. <laughs> Claude looks, he just seems so like exasperated. Like, he just is fed up. Like, come on, What's- when is this going to stop? And it's not because we all are gritty because we all love Claude, and it's just. It's amazing to see. But can you even imagine that none of these were our gritty moment of the week? <laughs> gritty even top. Oh, I know, there's well, more. This, there's more. So our winner, our gritty thing of the week, was the Christmas Spectacular. And this happened at the Rangers game. Gritty and the Flyers or the in-house dance team were um, like Rockettes. Did like the Rockets dance, dance um, during one of the intermissions, and it was perfect. Everything that I could ever ask for. They were like, honestly, so very good.
1: They were. The dancers were really good. Gritty is a good dancer. The and just fit in. The choreography was really,
0: really on point. And all of their legs, same time. Like they were. They practiced this a ton of times, and they nailed it. And the Flyers uh, tweeted it out and said, better than the Rocket," And honestly, they were.
1: I agree. It was uh, It was so, so fun to watch. And I just, you know, even if you're in a foul mood, watching this video will put you in the holiday spirit. And I think that's what it was meant to do. Absolutely.
0: And with that, we're going to end on a high note. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. We will be back again on Monday with a recap of this weekend's games and our nemesis of the week. Wednesday is our next mailbag, and we obviously want to hear from you, so send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C.
1: And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
0: If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email us at lockonflyers at And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, obviously just wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.